class, big success New shows and stars that speak their business About what they're working on So grab your coffee, don't wait around Before the stars head out of town With triple threats and beyond A podcast masterclass Hi everyone, I'm your host Roy George and welcome to Triple Threats and Beyond. We are here We're in here. the Lori Beachman Theater with Ben like D. Kaplan. Kap- oh. See, I did it. I knew ben I was... Ka- oh, see? see? I knew it. I was going to do it and I said, don't you do it. You did ben it. Ben D. Cameron. Yeah. Not to be confused with Ben, ben D, Ka- but that's a whole uh, different ben, conversation. Not to be confused with a circus freak of any kind. <laughs> Well, I've been depending on how you look at it. I mean, hey, you know, do you? I've been called worse. Oh, okay. That's fair. freak. Fine. But we are here, so that's the point. You are a host extraordinaire of television, of filmed things, I guess, and Broadway (laughs) sessions. Like, you do it all. I do a lot of things. You essentially do everything that I would like to do at some (laughs) point. So, if you ever retire and you need a black man to take over, I'm here and ready. Absolutely. And I can read teleprompters. Here's the really good thing about about being a a host, quote-unquote, or that, is that I don't don't think I ever have to really retire, do I? We just didn't do it. Like, I can can sit and talk for, till the cows come home. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know... Barbara Walters did it for years. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is part of the reason I transitioned my career so early on. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, well, as there will come a point as a dancer, Broadway dancer, where the mechanism is going to start working. Right. Stop working. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the discipline to keep my body in the shape that it needs to be in. Right. To be competitive at 40 years old with the 18-year-olds that I used to be going to audition for the ensemble of a Broadway show. Right. So why don't I just take what the good, like this good 12 years that I had, back-to-back Broadway shows, yeah. and put it in my bag as a chapter and get to like starting the long process of transitioning to something else. Was it a hard process for you? I know that some people feel like that dream has died, and I feel like it hasn't for you. You're still so immersed in it. Well, I think that's, you know, it's interesting. I always say that I feel like I'm more relevant, Mm -hmm. certainly now, where I sit within the community than I ever was when I was in In shows. Mm -hmm. Yep, I hear that. And I think think, uh, the dream dies is a dramatic way to put it, but but there can be a timestamp on mm-hmm. our careers in certain ways. And unless you're a star star by a certain point, um, you know, things may not happen the way you dreamed them when you were 12 years old. But I feel what I've been able to do successfully and kind of surprisingly, and why people think there's not a lot of places to go, is I'm doing things that people have never done. Right. You know, I've mm-hmm. kind of carved out this niche for myself that didn't exist before. Right. Right. And so now people would say, oh, that's something I can do. And, mm-hmm. of course, you know, social media and all that helps where we're connected and can reach an audience of course. that's not physically in front of you. Um, but, no, the dream doesn't have to die. It doesn't. No, I'm living the dream. But, you know, the thing is it's so much work. Mm-hmm. And in, in, a, oh, in, a, in a business where we start as auditioning, we're waiting for someone to tell us what to do. Right. Practice, practice, practice. Right. Get, get, good, at, get good with your craft. But someone eventually is going to tell you, go stand on 8 at 7 p.m. every day. Yep. Right? And that's that's a very different thing than like, I'm making shit up as I go. And, <laughs> and if I don't show up or continue to be super proactive for it, then it doesn't get done. And right. then I don't have anything. And right. I'm too deep in now to like 
go back to school. I mean, you can always go back to school, though. Well, sure, if Rodney Dangerfield could, but... <laughs> Do you want to, is the question. I don't. No, See, no, no. I, you you know, I, I don't have any serviceable skills, really. And I'm too deep in. You know those New York days where you kind of get down? I'm like, you know what? How do I get to California? Yeah. How do I get to California? My friends, some friends live in California now, and there's palm trees there. Did you know that? Yes. There's it's palm beautiful. trees and sunshine and hills in, in California. And I'm like, what would I, at this stage of the game, what would I do? <laughs> what am I going to do? You know what I mean? You can't yep. show up there at 41 years old and be like, I'm just starting out in the biz. But again, <laughs> June Squibb. Huh? Let's just put it out there. June Squibb, who started oh. when she was like 60 or something. She was like, I'm bored. I'm going to go not? to L.A. Like, well, all right, lady, do you. And maybe that's, who knows? You but never know. People ask me that question all the time. They ask me, so are you auditioning anymore? Or, and people get very confused. And they mm-hmm. ask me questions like, are you still performing? And yes. I'm like, bitch, I perform yes. more than anybody you know. I got it's to a, see you perform at 54 Below but in you know, I they, Wish, and it was wonderful. But they don't, people have a hard time associating that as being part of, of the course. Because everybody gets all wild up about the Broadway word. Right. Right. Which, you have credits up the wazoo. You were in the original cast of Wicked, and you have, um, on the uh, cast album, that very famous line. I like to say, plot pivotal. <laughs> would you like to do a reading plot, for us? Plot pivotal line. Uh, yes, I would. It goes okay. like this. Glinda, is it true you were her friend? I think that's exactly the inflection. <laughs> well, exactly. Run off stage. Um, quick costume change. Go. Oh, my. And you were also in the original cast of Footloose. I was. And Aida, which is actually making a resurgence and coming back in 2021, 2022. Well, hilarious. So my connections to that, um, when I did my very first cabaret show, solo show, Mm -hmm. um, back in 2005, um, that's right, uh, my director for that said solo show was Shelley Williams. Oh, wow. Who was the director of... Of the forthcoming Aida. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited to see it. I heard some changes have been happening, and it's I'm really thrilled. So. She's so brilliant. But I'll tell you what, it's an interesting show because I love the show so much, and a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. How they got away with the way they cast that show. I mean, the things and the way they approached some of the themes within I they could never pull that off where no. it was like the Egyptians are white people and the Nubians are black people and sometimes the when the white people are the Nubians they're the back and when the black people are the black people they're in the front and the Egyptians are front it's yeah. crazy but that's exactly how it worked yeah. and we all accepted it and we're like yeah she's Amneris and she's the queen of Egypt but she's blonde <laughs> <laughs> we all oh, well. suspension of disbelief, let me tell you. Right, but a totally different time. You couldn't yeah, do that yeah. now. You well, that's crucified. why I'm so excited to see what they do this time around. Because sure. in 2020 or 2021, whenever it's coming out, it's it, you got to be... We're in a cancel culture, which is like yeah. called responsible for everything. And so oh, yeah. I'm I intrigued mean, to see. They've, gotta, they've just got to really mind their P's and Q's, I think, on that. And it's also going to be really fun to see yeah. who they get in that role. I mean, if it's not Cynthia. I was going to say, I, I would say Cynthia. Um, I, everyone's going to say Cynthia. Who else? Obviously. That's all. That's um, all. <laughs> yeah. uh, or do you, go, do you go find some, like, 22-year-old girl who's got no name yet and turn into a big mega-star? Who no, knows? Cynthia's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> you okay. accept that? I do. So. Well, you know, I actually think what they did with I Haley Kilgore, great. though, is great, too. So, like, I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. I like just, what, Sadie? Haley Kilgore? Oh, for sure. I just would be... It, it would have to be this person and Cynthia being able to go toe-to-toe and going, okay, great, All right. awesome. I don't know. Well, Can anybody really go toe-to-toe with Cynthia? It's a good question. Whitney Houston. But Whitney Houston. she can't do it anymore. She's so. not available. 
We tried. We checked. We called her agent. They laughed at us. You called Sissy. She said no. <laughs> uh, too soon. Uh, where did you go to school? College-wise. Uh, well, I, I moved to New York at 18. Yes, you did. Like a tiny little baby, and you would too if you were a gay Mormon kid. Fair. In Utah, you'd move here Oh, God, you from Utah. You bet, absolutely, yes. 100%. Um, Do you like it? Huh? Do you like it? I love going back to Utah oh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but there were very many years that I did not enjoy a trip okay. home to Utah. And Fair. I would show up and like have an attitude. I would just feel weird at the airport. Uh-huh. And I'm like, the bigots are everywhere. I can smell the bigotry. And then I would like go to church, go to Mormon church with my family. But I would wear like a, red, a bright red shirt. And that was kind of <laughs> not suggested. And I was being rebellious in my gay way. Oh, God. Uh, so I really had a hard time with it for... For a while, and now you know it's about seeing my nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. and and my mom's there some of the time, and so that's why I like to go back. And it's pretty, and it's far away from here. Awesome. So you moved here and just and right out of the gate 18, auditioned, and right. So at eighteen, I had auditioned for a couple schools, and it was a very different game mm-hmm. back then, right? We were auditioning for twenty six schools like you do today. Right. Uh, I like sent a videotape into one school, which weirdly ended up getting me like a half tuition scholarship just oh, for wow. videotape. Um, they must have really needed people, let's be honest, at the <laughs> University of the Arts in Philadelphia. Oh. Um, and then I auditioned for NYU, and I auditioned for AMDA. Okay. And um, I ended up going to AMDA. Good. I went, I came here, and I was at AMDA for two months. All I, right. And I started auditioning, and I booked some jobs. And you're not okay. supposed to audition. I booked two jobs on, on my first two jobs I auditioned for. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, schmooty schmoo. But they were the non-equity tour of The Who's Tommy. Okay. And a children's tour of Curious George. So oh. I chose Tommy. Were you George? So, no, not George, weirdly <laughs> enough, you would think. Man in the Yellow Hat, I think, is what they said they wanted me to do. Oh, cool. Um, but I ended up doing the, the Tommy tour because I wanted to sing and dance. Okay, fair. Right? That's so awesome. So you were at, I guess, so then in the same breath of like, what do you encourage people to do? Do you encourage people? And everybody's journey is different, obviously. But You know, that's, I, that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And I, get, I teach all over the world. And I teach kids that are college prepping. And, I, and that's a question I get asked all the time. And the fact of the matter is, now there's this like, crazy like, nucleus of like, these schools that are these, these dynasties, Michigan, right. CMU, CCM. And, and everybody loses their minds about trying mm-hmm. to get into those three schools. And it gets crazy. Oh, yeah. And sometimes the kids, like, um, you may have to edit this out, but sometimes oh. half of what they do with the kids at those big schools like that is just send them out as, like, pompous assholes. Mm-hmm. They show up with these crazy egos, and I'm like, whoa, you're 22 years old. Granted, they're all really talented. Or they oh, yeah. Those schools in the first place. But I think people just go nuts about where they're going to school now. And they spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to audition for schools mm-hmm. in, in traveling and showing up for unifieds and coaching and prepping. Um, you're going to get out of any training program what you put into it. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. That's so true. And, and everybody's, and it is, there's truth to it. It's a cliche, but everybody's so road is just different. You know, and there are some people who need to go to school because they need to have the life experience of being Absolutely. away from home and make some mistakes and learn things, a few things about themselves. Um, and sometimes that's even more important for their journey than the training. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who really do need the training. Right. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. A four-year BFA program in the musical theater, that's a lot of time to fill. Right. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, you're going to be like, why have I been dressed up as a rock star for three weeks? And yeah. 
playing with a baby doll that's supposed to be my baby. And is this really necessary for me to get a job? You're like, well, you've got to fill four years of your time. And yes, you we think do. it's worth it. So okay. put on a hat, baby. <laughs> so it's what you put into to get out of it. So you can go to any school, really. And if mm-hmm. you're committed and, and are open to growing and learning and accepting criticism and praise and critique, then it can be super helpful. That's awesome. Now, what was your first Broadway show that you saw? Hmm. First Broadway show that I saw, uh, it was either, it's my first time I'd come to New York, and I think I was 16, and um, it was either Smokey Joe's Cafe, mm-hmm. Miss Saigon, Possibly Crazy for You, these mm-hmm. are the shows I know I saw on that trip, or Damn Yankees. Oh, wow, okay. So this would have been in 1994. That was... Oh, wow. You saw... That was the B.B. Newark, Jamie and Keys, yeah? Yeah. 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 Um, it was that one. And I mm-hmm. was obsessed with that recording of that revival. Victor Garber. Victor Garber. Yeah, Part, yeah. Victor Garber wasn't there. I saw Jerry Lewis. Oh, wow. Much to my chagrin. Okay, I would well, have really loved to, to see yeah. Victor Garber. Um, but... I ended up Smokey Joe's and and lame and uh, Miss Saigon same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Truly though, are I think I saw each of those. Ultimately, I loved them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw each of them respectively seven times. Oh wow, on Broadway. Okay. Yeah. Now, was there a show that you saw in that time that you were there that you went, "Yep, that's I'm going to do that. That's great." I'm Every ready. show. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't believe that I was able to be there. Yeah. I used to sit in my living room with like the librettos of every show and listen to them on tape or on <laughs> CD when we got more advanced. And I would like read through the libretto yeah. and read along with it and see the pictures, the gorgeous pictures. And then you're sitting in the theater and you're looking at the yeah. beautiful pictures that are happening. And this time they're moving. Oh, God. And it's all happening live. Oh, all of it. I, 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 Every single thing. Every every show I went to see that came through a tour mm-hmm. in Utah, all of it. I just sat there like squirming in my seat. And I was like, how do I get how do I get there? Now who was the first stage door Broadway star that you met? You know, stage dooring wasn't really a thing. Really? No. Huh. Stage stage dooring has been in the last ten years. Okay. I mean, stage dooring kind of started with rent, maybe a little bit. Got it. Mm-hmm. But not what we do. But it being an event. It is D- an didn't, event. didn't exist. No. So there, I didn't, I never waited for people after okay. the shows. No. So who was your first, who was the first person that you met in the industry that you were like, yes, please, oh my God? Well, um, it, I don't know that I remember the first, but I do know the impact that that has had on me mm-hmm. because I was so obsessed with my musical theater cast albums and I would, I knew every name on those cast lists. Right. And so as I started to move through my career and I was like, Oh, that's so-and-so. I know exactly who that is. Donnie Kerr is a really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he was one of the pinball lads in Tommy and has yeah, kind yeah. Of kept the legacy alive. And so I just know his voice so well before we ever became close. I remember going to the gym at one point, and I don't know, maybe this was... This must have been somewhere between Footloose and Aida, and I went, had, went to Crunch on the Upper West Side. And I remember, this before I met her, that I remember I was like, I think that's Adina Menzel on the Fancy Prancer over there. And I remember kind of looking at her from afar and being like, I think that's who that is. That, you know, no idea that I was ever going to know her or become a friend of hers. Right. Or, um, but I've always loved being able to trace that back and go, these people have no idea. Like, even D. Hody and Footloose. I didn't yeah. know who D. Hody was. I was so excited about that. I couldn't see straight. Um, so I've loved having 
that experience of the people that just exist in the fantasy world of what Broadway could right. maybe be in your mind to actually knowing that they're people and meeting wow. them and having to not soil yourself when you're around <laughs> them, you know? And you've gotten to do it all. So do you still have those pinch me moments where like you step onto a set, you step into a theater, you, someone recognizes you and talks to you first. Like, do you still have those moments of like, holy shit, what is happening? I, I, yeah, I get excited about people, um, that I meet, I try, I play it cool, or I just <laughs> have to say to them, I just can't believe this is happening when I'm meeting you. So I try to like do it in a way that I don't come across as aggressive because I'm yes. a very big person. Yeah. So if I come across as freaking aggressive, it could be a health risk for yeah. them um, <laughs> in their mind. But like I remember meeting Leia Salonga after backstage after seeing Allegiance. Yeah. And that's how I handled it with her. I, she meant everything to me because I was, Miss Saigon was such a part of my, Absolutely. my development as a, nerd and uh i was just like i don't even know what to say except that i can't believe i'm meeting you i just love you so much so i do have those moments um i remember like the first time i heard words that i had written performed on a stage oh wow um uh for like a benefit that was at a broadway theater and i had kind of written the banter for it and i was like bernadette peters is up there she doesn't know it but she's saying the words that i wrote and i had that was so cool and um, I pinch myself every time anyone recognizes me. Uh-huh. I, going to be completely honest with you, I fucking love it. Good. I love it. And, you should. And I, you know, sometimes I'll walk around Broadway Con, and let's be honest, I'm never more famous than a Broadway Con. <laughs> um, and, you know, people walk by and you see them doing the side-eye thing, and I just, yeah. I'm like, and a lot of people come talk to me, a lot of people want to come take pictures, and I love every moment mm. of it. And I sometimes see those people are walking by doing the side eye and then like looking nervous. I'm like, get over here. Yeah. But you can walk up to them and be like, do you want to take a picture? Because <laughs> I've been tempted. Now, do you have those precursor like scripts of what you say to people that you would lose your mind for? Because that, that recently happened to me and I felt Ooh, so who bad. Who was it? I didn't meet those. So I did an interview. Our, our finale guest is Carol Burnett. Oh, and I, oh, oh. What, oh. She called. And she I, called you on the phone. Her, her, her yeah, person, her, her people. Well, no, her people set it up and she called. And so we did a phone interview. And I said, I, I just have to, before I become the professional host that I am, I just yeah. have to, like, let it all yeah. happen. And she was just everything you wanted her to be. And I was like, don't cry. You guys can't see my Cotton face right mouth. now, but I'm slack-jawed. I'm so impressed. Ridiculous. And oh. she was so kind and so wonderful. But it's like, there are a few of those people that I have carved out of, like, when I meet or if I meet or when uh, yeah. I have met. I'm like, this is I how just this need will to go. do this, and then, I, and then I'm back. We're good. You know, I feel like part of the dealing with that fanisms with people is just letting it happen when it's supposed to happen, letting mm-hmm. it be organic. Because I have been in a position as an as a ambitious young performer where I've seen somebody from afar, I'm sort of near them, and I get excited, I want to insert myself into their life. Mm-hmm. And that, <laughs> I feel like, hasn't worked out great for me, uh-huh. necessarily. And I find that I can look back and go, all right, I've met people in the places where it matters or right. where they're not going to feel put off. I mean, I, even, I had a moment where... I was a big Sideshow fan, and I was yeah, here yeah. when it was first the very first, you know, the first production with Alice and Emily. And I've since become friends with Alice, but I don't really know Emily, and I know she is. But so I went to see Bonnie Milligan, and I went to see their show at 54 Below a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we were standing, and we've been, they mean so much to us, and we love them. And um, I was standing in line, and we were kind of the last people there to talk, and so... Alice and Bonnie were in this, like, really cool conversation, and they were really going for it. And it was just left with me to, like, force myself upon Emily Skinner. (laughs) 
and I could just tell that she wasn't fucking having it. She was like, I don't know who you are. Tell me I'm fantastic and leave me alone. But I, they were still having the conversation, so it would have been one of those things where I was like, okay, well, great. Have a nice night. And I would have walked two feet away, but still standing in her, like, in her space, looking a different direction, and that would be weird. But I could feel it. I was like, this was not meant to be today because she didn't care she was, and I funny. kept trying to make it keep going I was like oh well your albums this song that I love so much she's like thank you <laughs> and I, she was like I've said thank you what do you want like <laughs> you go out for avocado toast leave me alone <laughs> and there was nowhere to hide there was nowhere to go the funny part is she's been on the show <laughs> she has been I'm sure she's wonderful. T- no, she is so wonderful, t- but I totally... I'll tell her. It's after the show, yeah. because I met her after a show, and it was like the same thing, where she's like, <laughs> I just need to go somewhere else. Yeah, she's like, doing this because it's my job, and and I, yeah. I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was quite funny. I don't have that problem. If I don't know you, and you have nice things to say about me... We'll talk I, We're going to talk. Yeah. I want to talk to you about you. I want to talk to you about me. I want to talk about your feelings about me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you don't get into doing this if you're not just a little bit of an attention whore. Of course. Who inspires you musically and theatrically? Oh. Um, well, I've always had a huge crazy crush on Terrence Mann because I think mm. his accomplishments are so unbelievable. And if I'm not mistaken, at least at one point, he did have the distinction of having originated the most roles on Broadway, in Broadway yeah. shows of anybody. And I just, I, you know, he was the beast for me and he was Javert for me mm. and... and those I just I knew his voice so well. He was a goddamn rum tum tugger for God's sake! <laughs> How, what a range! Um, so he I, I wrote papers about him when I was in wow. in high school, um, and that's another fun one where I actually the first time I ever met him, we were, had the cast of Pippin here at Broadway sessions on oh, this wow. very stage is where it happened. Wow! And um, I was I was just on my stupid number and I was throwing flowers and everyone knows it's Bendy. Yeah, hello everybody, welcome. So glad to see you. Blah, blah, blah. Then I see from the back. A fairly homeless-looking man uh, in a leather jacket came striding through, and I was like, "Okay, he's getting closer to the stage. Like, does he? Hopefully, he'll find his seat soon. He's, <laughs> he's moving at a fair clip, and I don't really know what's going on. And I'm standing right here, and he comes up these stairs, uh, like full steam ahead, and I go, "Fuck a duck! That's Terrence Mann." <laughs> and he walked up to me, and he said nothing to me. He grabbed my face. And he kissed me on the lips. And I went, uh. And then he walked <laughs> off the stage through the back of the theater and out the door, never to no. return. His, my friends in the show had told him that I was obsessed with him. No And so way. he wasn't going to be able to stay for the entire program. The program. Uh, so, but he just, he, my friends got him to like, he, this is your number one fan. It would no mean way. so much to him. So he walked on, kissed me on the lips, and walked away. That was it. I couldn't believe it. And then you did do a show. Still in shock. And then I had to do a show. And half the people in the room, you know, some of them didn't know who Terrence Mann was and were like, what's happening <laughs> right now? Is this part of the program? Does this happen in every show? Do, do strange, older, attractive men come up and kiss men on the mouth and leave? <laughs> it's a metaphor for my life. Um, oh, God. So I've always been really starstruck with him. I love him. Um, so he's always been a really big inspiration. Wow. Um, but, you know, I kind of... Um, you know, I've got a lot of my friends, I think, are inspiring. Mm-hmm. People who have done the 15 Broadway shows and are, are still kicking mm-hmm. ass. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I, I, the people that I love that really inspire me in kind of the realm that I live in most often these days, mm-hmm. I love Craig Ferguson. Yeah. I love Graham Norton. I love James Corden. Mm-hmm. I, 
love the, I, the uh, they're so talented mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned and so zany and, and I and I watch them and I I learn right to this day absolutely from from you know mostly for them not being afraid to to completely let their enthusiasm mm-hmm. fly mm-hmm. and that's what I try to do be as enthusiastic as I actually feel and like I I, have, I feel very free these days of any need to be cool right in anyone's eyes and right. I think that's working out well <laughs> <laughs> right because we all dealt with that as we kids have. we don't have to uh, deal. like oh exhausting. you're getting no, no listen I'm just whatever someone's gonna pick your pick your box of cereal off the off the shelf yes and a lot of people aren't oh I love that you know so I'm gonna I'm gonna fruit loop it up I love that oh that's you so know? good just put that on a t-shirt I like oh, that oh my gosh great we have sure. t-shirts for cereal people <laughs> What, what did I say again? Put, uh, not everybody's going to pick your <laughs> box of cereal, but some of them are. So Fruit Loop it up. Oh, I love it. Hey, this is Kiralee Berger from The Handmaid's Tale, $1, Casey Undercover, and The Who Was Show. And you are listening to Triple Threats and Beyond, a podcast masterclass with your host, Roy George. What's the hardest lesson you've learned about this industry? The hardest lesson I've learned. Um, well, be, being completely disciplined to be self-motivated, ambitious, um, was challenging for me because I love creation mm-hmm. and I love making things. I hate logistics. Mm. It makes me sad. I spend a lot of my time on the computer. If you think about it, if I've got three long-running concert series that happen all at one time, mm-hmm. you can only imagine that that's a train of emails that never stops. So what you're saying is you need an assistant. I have one. What I got myself one for Christmas. black assistant. <laughs> is that what, do, which is me. Are you putting yourself out there for that? God, yes, I'm putting myself <laughs> I actually out there. did. I finally got to the Good. point where I, where I hired some people to Good. help me out because that's really difficult for well, me. Well, if they're ever sick, you know, and they need a vacation. Right. Well, they might if they're working with me. I'm here. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I got at one point I had been courted by the BBC for this new reality show that had been in development for a while and I did a couple Skype interviews here in town they flew me to LA first class five star hotel I was from all from what I understood from the pool of people they were looking at to fill out the cast of the show I was the only person that they had flown from New York in. Wow! and um, I got the job Wow, congrats. That was, so that's down, was that Downton Abbey or is that? No, 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 no. This oh, was wow. going to be a new reality show produced by the BBC. We were going to make the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an exclusivity contract agreement and I knew the, sh- the premise of the show was awesome. It was basically bar rescue for community theaters. Okay. So it was, it was a crack team of, of Broadway professionals who would come in for hell week because the last week of the show is going up then yeah. and everything's falling apart and fix, fix the show, save the day. Um, it was called the show must go on, <clears throat> but it never happened. It never happened, and that's that's a tough thing to learn about show business. Yeah. Is that especially in that realm that you some <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> <coughs> tuberculosis. Um, <coughs> some things aren't going to happen right. no matter what you do, mm-hmm. and that's true of theater. That's certainly true of film. And you know, I was doing this game show app for four months that was probably trivia, kind of like HQ in your mm-hmm. phone, and I was doing that. It was a job I really enjoyed, and the company ran out of money, and wow. you know, so dealing with disappointment and being able to make it through that, I think that's a lesson we all need to learn in show mm-hmm. business, that what feels like the end is not the end. 
ever. I love that. Right? God, you're like a walking shirt producer. That's what I'm going to do. I love it. I'm going to put that on my resume. (laughs) Shirt producer. Well, maybe I should work for Hallmark. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Cards are coming back now. I are like they? That. Yeah, I think so. I've stopped sending to me. Okay, fine. I don't. I don't Sorry. want them. I, I oh, everybody, well. you know, at Christmas time, you're like, just send me a. T- I, I what do I? T- yeah, yeah. It's on the fridge still. Four yeah. years later, get the ones with the money, and you know, uh, it's great. Get the no, ones but with the, good families, and, you know. I think the car, I think the card is a wonderful gesture. Yeah. I don't have any place in my New York City apartment to put it, as no one does. Exactly, as no one does. I thought you might agree. Um, if you could do something over again because it was so horrible and you want to oh. redo it, or because it was so amazing uh, that you just want to feel that moment again, what would that be? Or both of those moments? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I certainly have things that I would change, um, uh, and that would go into the, the discipline category. Just, uh, <clears throat> things that I, things that I would, was not available for that I would have liked to have been available mm-hmm. for. Um, and that's, just, I'm going to leave it that vague, I guess. Okay. And, um, I'll tell you what, I just, I, the first time I run out on stage at Broadway Con every time is about as good as it gets for me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's, for me, that just makes me feel seen, appreciated, alive. It's thrilling, Um, you know, and also to just feel the energy of so many people who are exactly who I am as well. Right. Which is just deep down theater nerds. It's incredible. Want to talk about it. So I like that. Do you, what is a common mistake you see in young people in this industry? Oh, entitlement. Mm -hmm. And I know that because I have had bouts of that when Mm -hmm. I, and that's kind of really when I ended my, my Broadway career, Mm -hmm. I had been, I had left Wicked finally after three and a half years. I went on tour with Sweet Charity on the road and I kind of felt like I was getting artistically jazzed again. And Mm -hmm. I was doing a role, not just in the background and not, I would never call it the background, in the ensemble. Um, And I was really digging that and I came back to New York City and I started hitting up auditions like mm-hmm. I used to do. Um, and I felt it. I noticed in myself, which is so totally weirdly off-brand for me. I don't know. I can't really account for this. Mm-hmm. But I remember standing in the back of a couple auditions. I only went to one or two. And, and being like, ugh, do I have to do this? Don't they know who I am? That's right. That's what I thought. Um, and I have been behind the table in audition settings enough now to know that that reads and it reads mm-hmm. hardcore. And I see feeling that feeling of entitlement. If I had nothing to feel entitled for, mm. I'm lucky to have been working. Right. And if I wasn't doing the job that they wanted to see in that audition, or if I wasn't right, or if somebody ate a bologna sandwich while, they, while I was twirling and they didn't see me at all, right. none of my business, I should be grateful and happy to be there and showing up. Right. I and that. I started mm-hmm. to feel that and I felt at that time that I needed to make some changes and you know the transition as it were Mm -hmm. was years in the making a lot of like am I doing the right thing I still have anxiety dreams about Mm -hmm. being in a Broadway show and I sometimes go does that mean I want to be in a Broadway show and I don't want to be in a Broadway (laughs) show I guess if somebody called me and at like out of the blue was like hey do you want to come cover Dr. Dillamond I would be like "All right, it's in town but I've had you know gotten (laughs) auditions and things for um for stuff on the road and I'm like, well, I, I feel like leaving, I can't leave what, all, what I've spent 10 years right. creating to go do something I've done before. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So, did that, did that oh, yeah, answer, absolutely. answer the question? So if you could go back 20 years and give yourself advice about what you know now, Ooh. what would you say? 
Oh dear. Um, I would well twenty years ago. I would tell myself to get my shit together mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, pull it together. Show up. Um, and um, I don't. Yeah, and and to breathe and go easy on yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because I put, especially when I kind of harnessed my ambition, which has been eight years ago, kind of when I went from, I'm doing this, I'm not really sure what it all means, to <clears throat> I'm going all in on this. Right. Um, you have to be gentle with yourself, because mm-hmm. it's very easy for me to go, oh, and that's what part of makes all logistics so hard, is if you don't nail everything, or don't get the responses you want, mm-hmm. to be good, be kind to yourself. Hi, that's that. exactly what I would. Put I that on that. a t-shirt. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself, because we that. put ourselves in a business where we're constantly asking for more. Mm-hmm. Please, sir, can I have some more stripes mm-hmm. on the back? Yep. Um, if we can be kind to ourselves and appreciate that we're doing good. 100%. Do you have any funny audition stories that you can share? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, you shouldn't even wait for that. No, I... Uh, I always have these guests that are like, oh, uh... I love audition ready. stories. Right. Are you kidding me? Um, no, I wasn't thinking about this, but I think the funny... I used to do stupid things. Like, for a while... I would go in, like, after dancing, mm-hmm. I would um, <laughs> I would go in. That's the funny thing, though. People don't r- realize, a lot of people who know me now don't know that that's really what I did when I first got to the city. Okay. I was a dancer. I was like a kick my leg over my head, do this yes. twirl, twirl, twirl dancer. Yes. Who always sang as well. But um, I uh, we used to go into the audition rooms, like, after I danced, I would get make it through all the cuts, and then I would be the guy. I was so interesting that I that I would come in, and I would always want to sing barefoot. Because I wanted to feel the earth beneath me, feel the <laughs> ground at 890 Broadway. And it meant nothing. And my friends would be like, what are you doing? I was like, I just, this is my process. I just need to feel, I'm <laughs> making it up. I don't know. It didn't mean anything. But at one point, I was auditioning for the Scarlet Pimpernel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I had had a particular, I got called in for it. And it's not, I don't, big surprise. Not a lot of dancing in the Scarlet Pimpernel show. Truth. Nothing that really re- includes a double turn. Um, certainly not a high kicker or a grand husband. <laughs> um, and I guess there was a little bit of a dance, which was nothing. So it was like, flick your hanky, do your hanky, move around and here's a hanky. And I went in to sing. And I don't know what happened. The gods smiled on me that day, the vocal gods, but I just sang the living crap out of whatever it was I sang. <laughs> and they were so impressed with my voice because I kind of had that voice at that time that because I had always mimicked everybody in right. Les Mis. That's what I, so that's what I imagined that I sounded like at that mm-hmm. time. Um, <laughs> you know, we all put on a little bit of a phony voice because we think that's what sounds good. Of course. Uh, so I went in, I got a call back immediately, and they were like, here's the deal. The assistant director was so jazzed by you, they just want to bring you in for the final, for the director. And you don't have to dance, you just have to sing. Oh, wow. And they're, like, super, they're, like, outrageously excited about you. I was like, well, okay, great. But then I had all this pressure of, like, all of that self-doubt comes Mm -hmm. in. And I went, oh, my God, am I really a singer? You know, and I don't sing a lot. Mm -hmm. More recently, like, the fact that I sang that those two songs at the concert you saw, I yeah. never do that. Really? I never do it. No. Just do it more often. No, well, thank you. That's very sweet. But, um, and then I did two concerts this last, on Monday, that I sang at. So I do enjoy it, but I never imagined myself to be the singer that all of my friends are. And I, I don't am. need to be. I have other gifts to bring mm-hmm. to the table. Um, but I felt this immense pressure for the Scarlet Pimpernel to come in and knock their socks off. Of and course. Sing like, every, sing like Michael Ball every day, all day. 
Um, and if you know who Michael Ball is, you're listening to the right podcast. And um, <laughs> I got up there, and I I can only imagine that I was probably singing Buidoy from Miss Saigon, um, which sounds absurd. No, no one should ever sing it for an audition, but it was my audition song, and it booked me wicked. So uh-huh. Yes. Um, but I love that song so much. And, you know, it just has, as an audition card, it just says all the notes you need. And I started to sing, and it was just the director and the assistant director and the musical director behind the table. It was a time before the casting directors mm-hmm. were an army of 22-year-olds of snacking course. on crunchy things. Um, <laughs> Skippy, the casting intern, who has your fate in the palm of his hands. Um, it was just the creative team. Right. And I had put so much pressure on myself that my knee started to shake. Like uncontrollably shake. Oh, so I couldn't, so I started saying, like, all survivors, I went soft, my home, and my knee is just like rapid fire, like shaking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, this is not a good look. You've got to stop your leg from shaking because they're not even going to listen to your voice. Um, so I was like, here's what I'll do I'll adjust my weight so that I put <laughs> all my weight on that leg. I'll just lock the knee and that'll be no. fine. And the second I did, my other knee started to go. <laughs> so now I'm like trying to sing this ridiculous song. This apparently, this assistant director is like talking to me, like, wait till you see this kid sing. He's going to be so great. And you would have thought that I had never stood in front of people and opened my mouth ever. <laughs> so I couldn't find a balance. So I'm like standing on one shaky leg to the other and I. That I didn't stay and read, that's for sure. It was horrifying. Uh, <laughs> I think I cried and cried and cried after oh, that, God. that's for sure. But that's got to that's be up there. Oh, God. So you know a lot of Broadway dish. Um, I'm Ooh. curious if you can do any dishing that will not come back and get anybody in trouble, but I'm just curious if you know any, like, secret fun information that... Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets come over here. Um... <laughs> Uh, that's a fine question. What Broadway secrets do I know? Um, I don't know that I have the... I think anything that I could tell you that would be super interesting, um, would probably be something I couldn't say. Okay. But it would have to do with Wicked in 2004. And it may have involved... (laughs) Oh... No, if I don't have any secrets. Okay, perfect. Because then in that, I'll just do a fade out. Uh-huh. Like, oh, well, <laughs> so I want to do some rapid fire questions. We get to yes. know you through your social media and through your hosting, but I want to know some really silly questions about you. I would like that. Uh, favorite color? Uh, I guess it's blue, favorite but I also can- like red. Favorite candy? I like a Snickers bar, but I also like Mike and Ike, <laughs> and I like Skittles a lot, but I hate Skittles since they got rid of the green uh, the lime ones and replaced them with green apple. That sucks. You're idiots. Bring back the lime. <laughs> Favorite TV show? The Golden Girls. A pre-show meal? Uh, 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 I used to always, I would gorge myself. I was one of the people that I would only eat like at 5.30 and I would eat like a giant plate of spaghetti, bolognese, and I don't know. Post-show meal? Um, uh, Vodka soda. Mm. Uh, Favorite show currently on Broadway? How dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, I love all the shows. I really do. And I, it's an, it's a, it's something I can't answer. Um, I recently signed Too Proud. I recently saw mm-hmm. Tina. I loved both of those so very, very much. Um, I like all the shows. I really How about do. a show you're anticipating that's coming soon? Excited for Aida. Um, I am excited. I'm really excited. I'm so curious about Diana. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious about it. I can't wait to know what's going on. How are they going to pull that man. off? 
I hear there's a song called The Thriller in Manila with Camilla and with Diana and Camilla. That sounds like a rap, first of all. But, uh, like was... Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard? Bring yes. It all, I can't it's fully written by Lynn Manuel. I can't wait. Um, go to musical genre. Uh, show tunes. If you could be any other occupation. I also like country music. Oh, wow. Weird. Did not see that coming. Yep. Uh, if you could do any other occupation, what would it be? I would be a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Most likely. I don't know. See, what? Well, I don't have any, I have no skill sets. It wasn't ready. <laughs> I don't have to be. Favorite movie. Be cold dead body. Favorite movie, the, um, favorite movie, best movie of all time is The Great Muppet Caper. A favorite old school Broadway show before 1960. Oh my gosh, I love the, well, let's see. Um, my favorite one? I don't know, is it Brigadoon? No, She Loves Me? Um, I like all of them. Favorite guilty pleasure snack? Uh, oh, uh, besides the Skittles and the, I like, um... I like a sun chip, mm. a harvest cheddar sun chip, which is weird. You don't harvest cheddar. <laughs> Favorite uh, guilty pleasure TV show? Uh, I do watch The Housewives. Yes, you do. I do. Favorite holiday? Uh, I like the Christmas time. Favorite season? I like the summertime. East Coast or West Coast? Uh, I guess East Coast, but Favorite? I'm trying to get to the West Coast. Vacation spot? Uh, Puerto Vallarta. Mm, last one, three-parter. A dream role that you've already played, a dream role that at your age right now you can play, and a dream role in about 10 years you want to play. Okay, the dream role uh, that I'm already playing is me. Yes. As me. Um, <laughs> the role I always wanted to play, Javert, that I, maybe I'm old enough to play that now. Yeah. And uh, what was the third part? Uh, in about 10 years, <laughs> what will you be able to play? Uh, in ten, uh, to play? A corpse. <laughs> How do we find you? How do we look you up? How do we please, just, you know, do just all the things? Please do find me, for God's sake. I, I think if we've established anything today, it's that I love attention. Yes. Um, but you do got to find me because I have a lot of stuff that's going on and some new stuff coming down the pike that you're going to want to stay tuned for. So you can find me at Ben Does Broadway on the social medias um, and at BMA Sessions for Broadway Sessions Info and who's coming up there. And um, yeah, we've got Broadway Buskers coming up this summer, live in Times Square on Tuesdays. Broadway Sessions Beach Party is coming back on Fire Island on Monday. Um, we've got a new um, a new web series in the Broadway world that's coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. It may or may not have everything to do about audition stories. Oh, yeah. Precursor there, look at you. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, and if you're whoever listener of the Broadway cast, stay tuned. Thanks for asking me about myself. Thank oh, you for being here. Do you know this song? No, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you can sing if you want to. Do you want to sing a Can't Stand Still? Oh, you go first. Oh, God. I never walk when, when I can run. run. I, don't I don't believe I ever could. People try to slow me down. Saying, boy, you really should. Kick back and chill, but I can't stand still. I tried to harmonize. You hear me Which is very weird for me. Saw the doctor, he said, Son, I cannot offer you a pill. So I never found relief. Now I got to move until I've had my fill. But I can't stand still. This should be the song about my audition experience for this book, Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh gosh, uh, back where I come from, life's net. Oh, you were in Utah, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Could take you there. Footloose the movie was filmed in Utah. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. We have the world at our feet. Life is sweet, ain't no doubt. Grab a seat. Check it out! Yes. Tell us what your social media is one more time. We'll and Ben does Broadway. I love you. I follow back. 
Thank you so much Thank for being for here. This has been so much fun. What a treat. I hope that people listen. I appreciate you.